Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. Welcome everyone to Portage County Safety Council podcast channel. My name is Nick Koya and I'm here with the Ohio Bureau of Workers' Compensation and Portage County Safety Council. We are continuing our series on Ohio Safety Congress and Expo 2024, highlighting what we anticipate to be the best speakers of the sessions. Today joining me is Tommy Joe Broad. Welcome Tommy Joe to the podcast channel. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. No, I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, we know each other uh, for many years working in different fashions together. You've spoken at Portage County Safety Council itself, always delivering some really good messages. But before we get into your topic, let's tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, your education, and kind of what you do for a living now. Sure, absolutely. So I am uh, president of Venice Solutions Group, which is a uh, consulting basically on employment-related risks, including workers' comp. I am an Ohio attorney by trade, and much of my career has been in the workers' compensation and occupational health space. So I've been an industrial commission hearing officer. I have represented Ohio employers on a variety of employment issues, but always a focus on workers' comp. And I've also run some in-house programs for self-insured employers, workers' compensation, and sat on the self-insured employer evaluation board um, appointed by the governor and did that for a couple of years. So you have just a little bit of experience in the workers' compensation. A little bit. Enough <laughs> to be dangerous, right? Yeah, right. So at Ohio State Congress and Expo, you're talking on a subject of effective written communication in the workplace, which really ties well into workers' compensation and just overall culture of your company, too. Tell me a little bit about the presentation. What is, what's the focus of this effective written communication? Work happens in, in many ways, right? And the workplace does not look much today like it did even 10 years ago. And so we, we use email a lot and we use text a lot. And I think when people think about, you know, effective written communication, they think, okay, when I write a letter that's a hard copy that I will sign and mail somewhere, that, that will be good. I will do that. Everybody does that pretty well. What we're talking about is in, in real time, at a fast pace, how do we become an effective written communicator and, and not create risk and not damage our culture, you know, and, and still go at the speed of business. So that's really what we are going to dig into a little bit. And, and often that means emails and text messages when you're in a hurry, when you're frustrated. How do you keep that effective and, and helpful and professional? That's what we're going to work on. You know, text messages, especially in our world that we live in today, the society that we're in, it's just normal communication. I text with my wife 20, 30 times a day. I text with my friends all the time, right? I Now I'm starting to text with the kids some. So it's just this communication and we just kind of rapid fire responses, but that could actually be detrimental in the workplace when I'm doing that with be subordinates or be it coworkers or even up the chain to leadership about situations, correct? That's a, that's exactly right. And and that's what we want to avoid. Everybody gets in, in a rush. So we want to really explore some fundamentals of, okay, what, what are the principles of, to be effective here? Um, the, the primary one is who is my audience? And that sounds super simple. We all kind of learned that when we learn how to email, right? There's a box that says two. But when it's a text message or an email that's at the quick pace of a day, we don't always think of that. 
or maybe we think of their name and are we doing things like using alphabet soup? Are we are we using phrases that the person we're writing to doesn't understand what we're saying? So those are the things that we want to, you know, consider the pause. Like three seconds is a long time if you really are thinking about, now, what, what is the purpose of this? Simple things like that that, uh, that don't always happen in the speed of the day. And then they end up in expensive problems uh, for managers and owners and employers. So we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit. You know, when we talk about audience, before we hopped on this podcast today, we were talking about audience, not only being the audience right this minute, but the audience could be a whole legal team six months down the road, correct? That, that's exactly right. So I guess in the way of a disclaimer before we get here, I don't want people to uh, be paranoid or, or worried when they send an email, right? We, we have to work um, in real time, but we just want to be aware that some things should never make it in writing, right? Just like when we speak, when we are engaged in verbal communication, sometimes we will uh, soften our tone or we will whisper so others don't hear. There's no whisper in an email, right? So uh, some things are just best left unwritten. And one of, one of the concerns is if something ends up in litigation, a worker's comp claim or an employment problem of any kind, uh, there's a process, a legal process called discovery. And there's, there's a series of rules of civil procedure, which are certainly beyond what we're talking about today. But what we want individuals to be aware of is if something ends up in court, and typically you have no control over where that goes, right, if that happens. But if something ends up in court through the discovery process, unless the email is to an attorney on that particular issue, it, it perhaps could even be an attorney on another topic, but unless it's to an attorney, it's what we call discoverable. So that email that says, for example, yeah, something's not right with Susie. This is probably another one of her scams. That's getting shared. And it's just not helpful. You know, it may or may not be true or fair, but it's not helpful. So we want to try to keep them objective and keep in mind, who are you writing the email to? And more importantly, would you want everybody to see this? Would you want this to make it on the front page of the newspaper for your company? And um, again, we don't want people to be paranoid. You know, we don't want to chill communication or anything like that. Emails are, is a great tool. We don't have time to have in-person conversations for everything. But people do, do need to understand that and, and keep in mind um, that there could be an audience way down the road. And um, there are rules that require that we, once a, an, an an issue becomes litigation, you have to keep all of those writings. You know, you can't just, when somebody sues the company, I'll just delete that now. No, that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so those those are coming out and we want, want people to understand that and just be aware. You know, and really that's worst case scenario, but I think there's a bigger implication in the written communication in day-to-day -day operations. It's the misperceived tone behind the text message and email that can be detrimental to culture, right? I know I've done it in the past. I've sent something to somebody really quickly, meant absolutely nothing by it other than, hey, can you get this task done for me? And they read into that communication as they're mad, they don't like me, I'm doing a poor, poor job. And that wasn't the communication piece at all that I was trying to deliver. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, and I think we have to keep in mind that you know, email is a tool in our toolbox, right? Just like a telephone call, 
Um, if it's somebody that you can walk and talk to in person, great. Um, maybe they're in a different city. So, hey, hop on a Zoom. There is nothing that replaces, in my opinion, uh, being able to look somebody in the eye, to observe their nonverbal behaviors, to hear uh, the inflection in their voice, to, to see, are they, hmm, that doesn't sound right, with, you know, without saying anything. We want to watch for those cues. So it's important when we, when we build good relationships at work, which ultimately does contribute to our culture, you know, how are we doing that? If everything is in an email, you may think they love you and your ideas and your direction. And in fact, maybe not so much. Uh, so it's so it's important to check in with people and and hear feedback other than just by email and what we're reading into that. You know, communication is so much more than just the words said or the words written. It is those body languages that we read off of each other. Even having a conversation, I can say something and see people's reaction to it to go, you know what? I think they took that the wrong way. I need to readdress where when I send a text message, I see nothing other than it was sent. Exactly. That's so great. how do we start to combat some of that? How do we how do we reapproach email? How do we reapproach text messages um, to really be effective in that communication tool? Yeah, well, there's a couple ways to do that. Um, one of the ways that that I think we want to try to be effective at work is before we even get to the written format, we want to have a a little check, if you will, right? Whether it's the supervisor, owner, and anybody that is the face of the employer. When we talk about communication, are you giving people your attention? And and one of the ways this happens is actually because of email. So let's take somebody in HR, and, and they're often involved in um, workers' compensation. So if I'm a busy HR professional and somebody walks into my office, I might even have a friendly tone, but if I don't turn and look at them, if I don't take my face out of my phone or off of my keyboard to my computer and I'm saying, yeah, go ahead. What's up? You know, that tone sounds rushed. My glance is somewhere other than the person. And I don't know how they're feeling, but it's probably not warm and welcome. And these kinds of things probably 10 or 15 years ago sounded like, oh, come on, we don't have time for these soft skills. This is ridiculous. Well, it's not. And, and the truth is that that's how little problems become big, expensive ones when people perceive that we are not really paying attention to their issues. So it starts there. Um, and then, then the next step is when, when we are putting something in writing, let's make sure it's appropriate for writing, right? <laughs> if there's a lot of opinions there and it's not your uh, formal job to give opinions, they probably don't belong in an email. That's a, that's a really good rule of thumb. Objective things, objective observations, factual information, for the most part, that belongs in an email. Something that's informational. You're just sharing information, sharing opinions, typically much better left to some other communication method. You know, the culture of an organization helps them be safer. It helps them be more productive, but it also sets the tone to prevent costs in the future from litigations, right? Like if we have a good relationship within the company, we're most likely to have a lower potential of having things go sideways like this and, and continue to move that way. And part of that is good listening skills and, and interacting. Have you seen that in the past with organizations you've worked with? Oh, I have. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I would say large percentages of the time where something goes from being 
um, a glitch or a concern or even an injury to a, whoa, this is, this is really big and expensive and costly in litigation, it is typically not the original problem. It's someone's perception that nobody cared about them. You know, so if they got hurt in general, if people get hurt at work and it's truly an accident and the overwhelming majority of the time it is, people aren't vindictive about that. But where things go sideways is, hey, I got hurt at work and you didn't care about me. You didn't pay attention to me. I didn't know what was going on with, you know, my claim, my pay, whatever. And and nobody paid attention. So they are looking for someone who will come alongside and help them. And if that's not the, the company and the employer, they'll find somebody else who certainly uh, won't have the same perspective or, or interest. So just good old fashioned doing the right thing and being good to people is more of a lost art than I wish it was. And I think um, all employers in all states, but particularly Ohio, since that's what we're talking about here, would, would do well to, to just get back to a little bit of, of compassion and, and genuine interest in what's going on in, in their workers' lives. You know, I often talk about things that happen on this podcast channel. We talk about techniques to make yourself safer at work, things to change culture, things to change leadership. They all work well in the workplace, but this ties back to home too, right? I think as, as husbands, as wives, as, you know, parents, we can learn from these communication tools because they really have a direct impact on that household too. That's exactly right. And, and all of us, you know, how, how we conduct ourselves and how we, how we communicate, how we roll, if you will, it's very hard to turn that off and on because our world is very blended. You know, most of us don't live in a world where I am at work now. I don't have any communication with someone. Come on. It's not 1950 anything anymore. So if you get in the habit of, you know, you have a thought in your head and it must come out through your fingers in the form of a text message, you're probably going to do that at work. And it's it's just not a helpful practice. And those those same kinds of techniques probably work just as well for everybody. I mean, I, you and I are each married, so we can give a little free uh, advice to people here. Yeah, opinions are definitely best left out of a text message when you're talking to your spouse, right? So it works yeah. well for everybody. You know, in the heat of the moment, I think becomes a big issue too. We're we're angry about a situation, we're, we're frustrated with a situation, and we go to the keyboard and we pound away at the keys real quickly. You know, for me, I have found that I park that and it's got to sit for four hours, six hours, and come back to it later. Is is that one of the tools that we can be utilizing here to make sure that we're not firing off things that are going to burn us in the long run? It absolutely is. You know, practice that pause, however long it needs to be. And if you're still angry when you hit send, don't hit send. That's, that's just really a good, whether it's on the, the phone or email. The other thing that we don't um, talk about much um, that we can consider is if you get an email that's like that, maybe it's not about you, right? You, let's say you and I are managers and, and, and there's an issue with an employee. Um, if I lose my cool and put things in writing that are best left by phone and you receive it, right? I'm writing to you about it. One, it's not helpful to write me back and lecture and call to everybody's attention in case they miss it later, how inappropriate my email was. My suggestion is when somebody does that, um, let's let's try to stop it right there. So one of two things, either write them back. And the phrase I usually say is, wow, this sounds complex. Would you be available by phone today? And that's all I say, right? right. Or I just pick up the phone and call them and say, um, 
either what were you thinking, depending on how that is. So it's not an email, right? And that's not discoverable. What were you thinking? That is not appropriate. Those kinds of things. And 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 people don't, they don't mean any harm, right? No, nobody wants to cause a problem, but it's exactly what you said, Nick. People get frustrated and they don't stop and think, who is the potential audience of this? You know, they think it's just me. You know, she's, oh, she's a consultant and she's nice and it's all good. Well, you know, somebody else can see this. Or certainly when I was a, <clears throat> a coworker of, of individuals. So I've received those. And that's what I try to do to help my colleagues, you know, don't make it worse for the right. love of all that's holy. Don't make it a big, long chain and back and forth and back and forth. Many years ago uh, in my capacity as a lawyer, there was, I'll just say there was a case that ended up very unfavorable because the subject line of the email was gotcha, in all caps, gotcha. And the employee really was a problem. You know, the, the, the manager really wasn't the problem, but she, she was so tired and frustrated of, of dealing with this, I'll say problem child of an employee. And she finally thought, oh, I got her. And she sent right. an email that gotcha. Oh. Um, I would put that in the unwinnable category. I mean, you just can't, it's, it's human nature. So it's not a, not a criticism to my former colleague who, who did that. I mean, uh, okay, I get it, but you're going to lose and it's going to be expensive and, it, and and it's not going anywhere good for you, the company, the worker. Who, so let's be a little more intentional. That's our. And I think part of it is it's, it's, it's a societal issue that we're working through, right? I refer to them jokingly as keyboard cowboys. We will say so much in text message or in an email that we would never say in these face-to-face -face communications. And I think even social media make, exasperates that even more. And that's that's the story for another day. But I, I think sometimes we forget that even the email, the text message is the same as this verbal conversation we're having here right now. Agreed, agreed. I got an email from a an employee of a client um, just in the last few weeks about a coworker and um, this, this coworker's new and in a management position. And to make a long story short, you know, I wasn't immediately available and, and she had an immediate need. And so she sent me a long text. And the gist of it was this, this new person, this management person is a, a keyboard bully, was, was the, phrase, this, the phrase that she used. And, you know, what do you do with that? And, you know, now someone perceives it in, and they sit in an office that's, I don't know, re relatively small you know, probably 1500 square feet, everybody is able to move about freely, both both physically and in terms of the, the wishes of the employer. It's not a restricted atmosphere. Get up and go talk to somebody for crying out loud. And this is someone who's, you know, a couple hundred feet away and just sends emails all day long. That's yeah. really not going anywhere good. And it's just not helpful, you know, so. Exactly. So as our listeners get ready to head down to Ohio Safety Congress here shortly, um, obviously we're excited to hear your presentation there, but what can they do to prepare? What's the call to action? What's one thing we can take away from today that they could change in their life, change in their business practice that you would tell them to do as they're listening? Sure, absolutely. So when they get there, we're going to do some um, practice, some real life examples, and, and we'll take a deeper dive. But between now and then, um, they can start today for free, think and proofread. Even if it's a text message, proofread it. Well, I don't have time for that. Well, I want to suggest to people that if you don't have three more seconds in your day, you probably just need to readjust your day. And if it's an email and you put the time into typing all these things out, even if it takes you 
two minutes to proofread it. I promise that that time will be better spent than trying to correct something that's wrong or that doesn't sound right, you know, those kinds of things. So think, pause, proofread. All right. I like that. It's very simple. Think, pause, proofread, implement that into your daily work life. And as a bonus, work that into your personal life too. It'll save you some issues down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, Joe, if people have questions, you know, they're struggling with communication, struggling with leadership, they got questions, they want to make some changes in their organization, and they really don't want to wait to Ohio Safety Congress to uh, be able to see you and get in contact with you. How do they get a hold of you now? Website, phone number, what do you have for them if they want to have that conversation with you? Absolutely. So um, my website is uh, just the company name. So it's Venice Solutions with an S group.com. They can email me at Tommy, T-O-M-M-I-E at VeniceSolutionsGroup.com. Or I, I, I have uh, business phone numbers on the website, but I freely share my cell phone number and invite people to call it. And you'll either get my voicemail or I will answer. Don't shy away from that. That's 330-606-8221. You've had that number for a long time. And, and I really do answer when I can. And, and I'll call you back if I can't. So yeah, anything that's in the whether it's occupational health, workers' comp, leadership, these things do not fit in silos, right? They yep. These problems are all employment types of risk, and they happen in real time. And I think that prevention is time much better spent than trying to fix a big costly problem. So yeah, give me a call. Thanks for having me today. This was yeah, fun. Th Appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast channel. I'm excited for your presentation. I will be down at Ohio Safety Congress and Expo and we'll definitely be checking out your session, uh, being there to uh, support you, but also to hear about all the great stuff because I always get a new nugget of information when I attend. I so, try. Look forward to seeing you there and hope to, to meet new people there as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, um, don't forget Ohio Safety Congress and Expo is coming up. Uh, check out the show notes for additional information and everyone be safe. The Ohio Safety Congress and Expo, hosted annually by the Ohio Bureau of Workers' Compensation, is the nation's largest free occupational safety conference focusing on helping employers improve safety and health within their business. Over 7,000 attendees gain knowledge and earn continuing education credits by participating in over 150 educational sessions, workshops, and leading keynote presentations. Find the best solutions to your biggest challenges while networking with over 350 exhibitors in the Expo Marketplace. This year's event will be live and in person on March 27th through the 29th at the Greater Columbus Convention Center in Columbus, Ohio. For more information, or to register for free online, visit their website at www.ohiosafetycongress.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and more. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn an Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.com.